This is the Venturing Angler Podcast, sponsored by Nautilus Reels. In today's episode, we'll be chatting with Mikey Weir of California Trout. Caltrout does incredible work in the state of California to support fish habitats and protect fisheries. Let's chat with Mikey about the work that Caltrout does. So we're here today with Mikey Weir of Caltrout. Um, Mikey, tell me about some of the projects Caltrout's been working on and some of the things that you guys are dealing with. Caltrout is, is we're engaged in, in work all across the state. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that I'm in this really cool position with the organization in that I spend a lot of time out in the field and I get to go out and see a lot of our uh, project sites all across the state and document them and, and you know, kind of help tell the stories of the work we're doing and I'm just so lucky that Caltrout is doing work in so many beautiful places across California. You know, very, very. Most of our project sites are on um, some awesome, beautiful rivers, and you know, as beautiful as they are, they 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 all need a little help in this day and age. It's it's a a, a tough time to be a salmonid in the state of California, and so most of the work that we're doing right now is is to try to help ensure. Um, resilient populations of wild fish for uh for the future for generations to come uh good so what are some of the specific projects you've been working on personally lately or at least through the organization my assignment right now is to make a little documentary about the eel river and um the eel is a really cool system it's it's the third largest watershed in you know within california a 3600 mile square foot watershed and it's it's really cool and unique in that it's mostly still wild. There's there's uh, two dams on the main stem of the eel, um, that Van Arsdale and Pillsbury, and um, they block about Pillsbury. There's no fish passage at Pillsbury. It blocks about seven percent of the historic spawning and rearing habitat. And so beyond that, you know, over ninety percent of um, the river channels are still usable to wild salmonids, to andronomous salmonids that come out of the ocean, and so it's a, it's a neat, compelling story because the eel has, has um, had a rise and a fall, and now it's it's kind of um, coming back to life. It's on the rise again, and so um, I'm trying to illustrate some of the problems happening there on the eel that are affecting uh wild salmonids and also some of the some of the um winds that, that are really helping wild salmonids to to thrive in that system and so it's pretty cool i'm, I'm, I'm not taking it lightly that uh you know i've, I've been given this task to help tell the story because there's just so many user groups that are tied together by that river and and so many people whose lives that river affect and it's um a really neat system and and you know luckily for you know as far as movie making and telling story the the, the visuals are just insane you know the aesthetics up there in the winter time are just amazing at this turquoise green water you know punctuated by these beautiful old growth redwoods and it's been raining and misty and foggy and the you know, moss growing off the trees and the ferns are glistening. It's, it's really cool. So in the eel, Caltrout's um, really taken a, a estuary to headwaters approach to uh, restoration. We, we, we feel the eel is, is a priority for us because 
Um, one, it's a salmon and steelhead stronghold, and two, it, it's an incredible uh, bank of wild genetics. You know, there, there's lots of different rivers that flow into it, different systems, and each one has its, you know, unique little runs that have adapted to it. And a lot of those genetics are still wild. There hasn't been a hatchery on the eel for over 20 years. And, um, you know, just despite that, you know, because of habitat improvements and, and regulations, it's it's one of the very few rivers that um, populations of wild steelhead are actually trending up, you know, in a time when almost every other entire, in, in a time when almost every river system on the West Coast, um, populations of wild steelhead are trending down. Um, populations of the eel are, are actually beginning to rebound a little bit. And so... A lot of that is, is due to good work that's being done there. In um, 2011, Caltrout started the Eel River Forum, which is basically a task, a multi-agency um, task force to address um, issues happening in the eel. And so we have a lot of different stakeholders, uh, user groups that come to the table at these meetings to talk about what's going on. And it, it's a great way just to bring people together, to bring the community together and talk about what's happening on the eel because so many different people are using the river for so many different purposes um and of course we're focused on fish but it helps flush out a lot of other issues that come up too um so for instance you know there's ranchers we work with down in the estuary we work with the humboldt um redwood and mendocino redwood companies the the loggers up there in the area we have representatives from the potter valley water district and the pillsbury dam project we've got department of fish and wildlife biologists we've got people from the forest service we've got people from the tribe that come to these meetings there's you know the the marijuana cultivation people that um are part of it too and so bringing home uh, bringing a unique set of of people together to help you know tackle some of these tough issues um i've lived in california often on often on for the last 10 years or so and i constantly hear about how things used to be and used to was not that long ago um from the central coast all the way up to northern california apparently there are rich salmon steelhead populations um now that i can't even imagine um should someone like me feel hopeful or pessimistic about what's happening and what's to come i mean there's 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 wins and losses across the board you know with the eel i think the future of the eel is hopeful there's a lot of um interest in that river it, it it's uh it's gone through definitely you know a, a, a decline um uh, and I, I think that that's, that's apparent to everyone. Um, it was one of the most productive salmon and steelhead rivers in California, if, if not America. They're, they're, you know, when the first settlers came there, they, there was canneries on the um, mouth of the eel. And, and that's most of the historic numbers we have to go by were old cannery numbers. And, I mean, there's... Um, they they suggested that you know as as much as a million salmonids or more would come in eight hundred thousand to over a million chinooks alone and then wow. you know several thousand cohos and you know tens of thousands of steelhead coming in behind them I mean these were fisheries that um, supported thousands of people back in the day and um, before that you know the Weot people the Six River tribe uh, bands of the Weot people you know lived there for years and years and and caught eels, uh, Pacific lamprey, and, and salmon um, out of the Eel River, and, and you know, it was their their uh, source of food that sustained them, you know, throughout the year, and so 
a goal of restoration would be to you know get populations rebounded to the point where um, you could potentially start keeping fish again to eat you know I think that's a, a good realistic um, goal for restoration and something that's definitely possible for the Yellow River California trout really is, is taking a uh, estuary to headwaters approach to restoration on the eel. We have a really cool project happening down on the estuary of the eel where we're working with um, ranchers down in, in, uh, in the south um, side of the estuary. We have partnered with the Wildlands Conservancy that bought a big chunk of property down there. There's a big restoration project happening on the Salt River. And uh, our, our um, involvement is, that is, is trying to get fish passage back into this really prolific rearing habitat um, that, that salmon really utilize and steelhead utilize too, as well as a myriad of other native fishes. But it, it's that, that tidal marshland that's the most productive um, rearing habitat for fish. And so the, the, the way that um, the Eel River Delta drains, a lot of that ranch land, the, the fresh water, the rain that falls there is, is drained into the kind of brackish, brackish water of the marsh um, of the you know the salt part of the estuary and there's these tidal gates that allow the fresh water to flow through into the estuary but when the tide surges up high it doesn't allow that salty tide water to push back up into the fields where the cattle are and because um, that kills the, the the types of grass that the cattle like to eat and so we're working to regain fish passage into some of this um, you know historic rearing habitat it's it's a uh, a really really cool project to see that bloom and, and, and now starting to expand um, into some sites over on the north part of the delta too. Cool. Uh, you mentioned your film project. Uh, Caltrout's been promoting another film project lately, um, Eternally Wild. Well before we talk about that, so, let, so uh, let's work our way up the hill a little bit. So you know we have our cool project in the estuary and then working your way up the watershed we have a couple really cool passage projects happening on the main stem. Uh, one in particular is called Bridge Creek, and it's a restoration site that um, was completed last year. And uh, Bridge Creek is—it's kind of a small watershed. I think it's about 12, a 12-mile 12 watershed or something like that. But when they built the Pacific Railroad along the Eel, they diverted the mouth of Bridge Creek through a culvert, um, through a little hill, and and buried the old mouth of the creek with um, fill dirt and sediment and then built the railroad tracks across that. And so we actually, for the first time in history, were able to talk the railroad company into removing a section of the tracks. And we pulled out over 100 feet of backfilled dirt, um, several thousand cubic yards of dirt, and restored passage from this creek back into the main stem of the eel. And so, you know, I, I think it's great because you think about how much this river is given and how much you know habitat has been taken away from salmon and steelhead you know 90 percent of historic spawning and rearing habitat for salmon for wild salmon and steelhead have been um, blocked off in california behind dams and diversions and other obstacles that fish can't get past and so we we're, we're reaching an era where we can start giving a little bit back and that's kind of how i feel about this project you know for the first time in a hundred years this creek flows back into the eel in a way that wild fish can utilize it for spawning habitat which is pretty freaking cool and so now we've moved on to tackling a next big um obstacle which is a place called woodman creek where which is a 25 square mile um watershed that is just a really beautiful pristine habitat just epic historical spawning habitat for salmon and steelhead and um, when they built the railroad they buried in the original mouth of woodman creek and 
blew a chute basically through the bedrock and and channeled that creek through um, under a, a small bridge abutment and, and it took kind of cascades and a little waterfall into the main stem and at low flows fish can't get up that and so we are going to remove um, thousands of, of yards of, of dirt and restore passage of Woodman Creek back to the main stem of the eel which is going to be really really cool and um, so we're working with a myriad of project partners out there and um, and the landowner which is a, a really cool guy so that's a really neat one we have a, a, a bunch of projects happening in, in the South Fork of the Eel. Uh, a lot of flow-related stuff up there. You know, the, the marijuana cultivation issues of, um, are really affecting the South Fork of the Eel. There's a lot of water diversions that, um, that uh, we're, you know, helping try to address some of those issues, um, as well as a little bit of habitat work on a couple of the tributaries. And then the Potter Valley Dam is the FERC relicensing is coming up in 2017, and so Caltrout is involved in that. So we're basically advocating for flows for fish um, and or fish passage uh, above the dam so the fish can utilize that historic habitat. So uh, Pillsbury Dam has, has cut off, you know, or Pillsbury Lake above Scott Dam has, has cut off um, over you know a couple hundred miles of, of usable stream habitat to salmon and steelhead and so we're advocating for um you know to try to get fish back in that habitat and so right now caltrout is funding a habitat study where um a professor at the university of humboldt state there is um a professor at humboldt state university is and a couple grad students are doing a comprehensive habitat analysis up there right now to quantify how much of that habitat is usable to wild salmon and to salmon and steelhead and so that'll help us determine next steps in the relicensing program um, as far as you know what we need to try to advocate for so that's pretty cool so all the way from the very headwaters down to the very estuary we're you know working to ensure resilient populations of wild fish for into the future that's great um, you mentioned dam removal. Um, I've been following the progress of the Elwha, um, and it looks like, with, and something that's unbelievable to me, is that this salmon seem to know, after generation and generation and generation, um, even human generations, really, they know exactly where to go. And so there's obviously hope then that with restoring these habitats and these spawning grounds that the salmon will know right where they're supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, you, you give them the habitat, they'll make use of it. Um, Salmonids are highly adaptable creatures, and it, it's you know ingrained in their life history to um, to have options and 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 to explore. So, say that you know uh, a run of particular salmon were used to spawning in a in a specific tributary to a main stem of a river, um, like say the North Fork of the of the Eel River or something like that. And um, one year there was a giant mudslide that blocked off that entire drainage that run of fish would get there and realize that habitat wasn't usable and start looking for other options and so um that's what happens i mean as soon as you remove these barriers those fish will get back in there and and make use of that habitat you know a couple years down the road that mudslide might wash through and into a point where fish could pass back into there again you know that's the historic cycles how they've been happening for thousands of years and so you take a dam out and it doesn't take long for fish to get back in there and it's just like our passage projects on the main stem of the eel you you restore passage of those creeks and it doesn't take long for fish to move in there and start making it happen so tell me about uh caltrout's efforts on the smith and issues there 
Yeah, the, the, we just uh, released a movie uh, about the Smith called Eternally Wild. It was done last year by Keith Brown Eyes and uh, Craig Ballinger, who is our uh, fly fishing ambassador up in the north part of the state there. And uh, really, we were just highlighting the issues happening up there with the um, Tempens Flat nickel mining um, proposal that, that uh, was slated to go in. I mean, the, the, the Smith enjoys one of the highest levels of protection in California. It's most of it's um, in, in the wilderness or designated as wild and scenic. And there's one little portion of the North Fork of the Smith that flows out of Oregon, and they proposed to put in a um, strip mine, you know, to, to mine nickel. And that obviously would, would pose a huge threat to water quality. And, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars have been spent in the Smith on habitat restoration for, you know, wild salmon steel. It's considered one of our greatest wild salmon steelhead strongholds um, in California. And so, you know, to potentially jeopardize that work by by having a, a a mining operation in there just is insane and so we put a lot of effort into helping block that and the, you know the movie helps kind of tell that story and get that story out there because you know it, it, kind of the, the goal is to point out like when is is protection you know enough protection um you, you go through all this work to get a wild and scenic rivers act and then you know something comes up where that work can be negated you know and with conservation it's like um someone said it said it best is you know every victory is temporary and every loss is permanent you know when it comes to to something like that and so we we've really put a lot of effort into protecting the smith and as far as the movies go it's just a great way to help tell these stories we've you know telling these stories is is uh an important part of conservation these days it it helps us um engage our stakeholders it helps us you know for reporting for grants you know updating people on the work that we're doing and it brings public awareness to the issues that we're trying to highlight and so we found that that films and conservation has become just such a great outreach tool and so a lot of my work with Caltrout is based on helping tell these stories you know I'm the I'm the outreach coordinator so I get to travel around the regions check out our killer projects shoot some photos shoot some video and uh, get back and, and help tell these stories and it's it's a uh, it's a really cool position to be in so when it comes to um, this outreach work and reaching your audience, what do you then hope uh, the response from people is? And in other words, what can, especially even the fly fishing community, do to respond to the needs out there and your efforts too? Well, we hope that um, that these movies help bring these issues to light. You know, to the people that are out there using these resources which is which is fly fishermen you know the, the, we're the ones that are out on the water that are observing the changes happening and um you know part of our goal is to get people to help support our organization the work we're doing you know if, if you don't have time to to be out there doing that kind of work yourself to protect you know your local fisheries um it's good to have someone like caltrout that, that's out there you know fighting these good fights it's that's dedicated to um, a bright future for for wild you know salmonids in california but we also want people to see these films and get inspired you know to do some to do some work on their local creeks to get involved in uh volunteering for a restoration project at some point to you know spend a few bucks on helping support a project that they you know feel is valuable 
And um, that, that's what it's about, you know. That's what fly fishing is about, getting out there, connecting with that resource. And then, you know, we, we hope that uh, as a user group, people begin to feel obligated to kind of help give back a little bit. Yeah, Caltrout has just been a, a, a really fun organization to work with. You know, it, it's a real dynamic organization in, in that, you know, because we are... Um, not a government agency we've, we've got a lot of a leeway in the projects that we can take on and and maneuverability and in, in the things that we can do and um we've got a lot of really cool projects happening across the state right now in the last couple years um i've been able to travel up and down california and and see so many cool project sites and we have a big restoration project happening on hat creek right now doing a bunch of work in the historic carbon flats area hat creek was one of the first projects for california trout um it, it's really one of the reasons that california trout was founded was was to um to do work on hat creek and, and it was one of the first wild trout fisheries uh, enacted in california and cal trout helped push that whole concept of catch and release which was like a radical concept back in in the 70s you know and um so that was cool, we, you know, getting to visit that site a couple times over the summer and, and seeing some of the changes happening out there for the better has, has been awesome. Uh, I spent a lot of time this last summer traveling around the, the Sierras, looking at our Meadows and Headwaters Initiative uh, programs that we got going on up there. Last year, Mark True secured uh, the Inyo Mono Water Agreement, which um, basically is is an agreement to help keep water in Mono Lake and in Russian Levining Creeks while meeting the needs for the um, downstream users, you know, specifically the LA Water District, um, which is really awesome. Kind of kind of. Uh, groundbreaking settlement there we, we have a bunch of really cool headwaters and meadows initiative stuff going on mark is running this this awesome um carbon sequestration monitoring program throughout the eastern sierras they've got together a really cool coalition of user groups and we're we're um doing this this really groundbreaking cutting edge science and and how to uh monitor carbon sequestration so we're, we're taking three different meadows a degraded meadow a meadow that is thought to be in, in good condition and um and a degraded meadow that we're gonna do some restoration work on and so you set up these sampling sites you take samples of the of how much carbon is being sequestrated it being um sequestered in, in each meadow and then you can use that data down the road to quantify um, a value, putting a value on, on restoration work. So saying this restored meadow works this much better in, in um, sequestering carbon. And then you can, you know, potentially, you know, sell those on this like carbon trading credits and stuff like that and, and give a value to restoration, which is it's really kind of uh, groundbreaking science. It's, it's a little um, in its beginning stages, but it's, it's cool to see that kind of developing. Um we have a really cool project happening in uh, in the Yolo Bypass. I was out there last week at Nags Ranch. We just got a bunch of baby salmon to put out there. We're in our, our fifth year out there of uh, demonstrating that that salmon grow three to six times faster in the floodplain. You uh, spread that water out and slow it down, and you know the sun can can generate a lot more energy in the water. So you got you got to think of the you know the waterway is, is like a, a solar panel, and when you when you spread that that uh water out and it becomes more shallow the sun can penetrate more of the bottom which which grows more algae which grows grows more you know bug life which makes a more prolific feeding habitat for fish and so historically salmon and steelhead had use of 
hundreds, you know, thousands of miles of, of wetland in the Central Valley and Delta, and, and almost all of that's been cut off now with levees. And so we're, we're trying to demonstrate that um, reconnecting some of this historic floodplain habitat can be good for fish, can be good for the farmers, can be good for the birds, and, um, you know, help with flood control and, and good for, you know, for people, for downstream uses as well. And so it's a, it's a pretty cool kind of win-win-win project happening out there. Uh, fun to be involved in that. Um, we've got some cool stuff happening in Southern California. We just uh, released a genetic sampling study um, on steelhead that are, you know, in these small waterways in San Gabriel Mountains. Very cool stuff. A lot of passage issues we're working on down there. Getting steelhead back up to some of their historic uh, spawning and, and uh, rearing habitat. And um, yeah, the, the the future's looking bright. It, there's a, there's a, it seems to be a lot of a big upswing in the organization right now. There's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of uh, interest in fish. There's a lot of people excited about our work. And uh, we're we're stuck to keep doing the good work and keep getting these awesome stories out there and and uh, keep that momentum going, man. Keep get some keep some fish in our rivers. It's a it's a tough time to be a fish in California right now. And so we're we're trying to help. Um, affect and influence policy that that's going to help create a, a future waterscape that's good, better for fish better for people and um you know healthy functioning ecosystem so we're excited well i love what you guys do mikey thanks for your efforts um for more and to check out more of caltrout's efforts go to caltrout.org and thanks very much cool thank you